I haven't read any of your notes for the first time in a long time. Really? Well, yeah, because yeah, I you... did most of mine before you. I did them early this morning because I had nothing to do. Yeah, this is a, a weird week for us. Yeah. And they say romance is dead. We're, keep, we're keeping the spice alive. You gotta let me know if one of my one of my balls is popping out of my shorts here. No, I'm free balling. Buddy. I'm gonna I'm, my male gaze will be undeniable. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, all right, who wants? To, you want to lead it in? Yeah, I'll lead it in. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome back to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we are doing something a little different. It's a, kind of a lead into our episodes for next month. Uh, we're calling it the Academy Awards p- playlist. Uh, what we mean by that, we went back and forth. Me and Dill had a, a Donnybrook about it in mm-hmm. our Discord. And uh, we decided to make it movies, movie songs, but there had to be original soundtrack songs. So easy but hard. Easy but hard for sure. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. Yeah. If we listen to each other's I guess so. <laughs> you, uh, I think uh, you you wanted some rehabilitation, so we decided to do this episode back in person. Yeah, yeah. No, I just uh, it's been a while since I've been out here, and it's been a while since it's been just you and me out here. So, because I think the last time I was out here I was, was with Zoe. So, yeah. So, if not Zoe, Ben. Yeah, I mean Ben hasn't been out here for a while either, though. So yeah, it's been a while. So it's it's just been easier for us to do it from home. So it's. Uh, I don't know. It's good. It's good to be back. Good to see your, does, good to see your good. face in person. <laughs> it's almost it's almost awkward for a second. Like, wait, what do we do? Yeah, this is weird because I've been out here. I've been out here twice without recording. Uh, you know, it's uh, you usually just come out here to record, but you know, been hanging out more outside of the podcast. <laughs> so, finally, it's been what we've known each other for what six years now. So yeah, we upgraded from podcasters <laughs> to friends. Where I, I guess friends now. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this playlist because I think this is going to be less analytical and more anecdotal. Yeah, for which sure. is new for us. Um, and I I think it's going to be a nice little spin because um, a lot of this is like correlated with the movie. So I'm kind of excited to talk about movies and music, uh, which are two of our passions. Yeah, uh, for sure. If we weren't doing a music podcast, we definitely would be doing some kind of. Uh, movie podcast. Yeah, movies or TV shows, one of the two for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what um, Queen City was, essentially. It was just all of our passions in one place. But, you know, we decided to focus it up one day at Hooters, and, you know, two years later, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we've got a lot of uh, really good audience submissions. So, yeah, we do. Um, if, if you want to start, I, uh, I don't have the list pulled up. Yeah, I don't have any emails pulled up. But, I okay, here we go. So I was on the, as I was looking at it earlier. So we'll do Louis first because I haven't pulled up. Uh, he said, there can only be one. Um, my pick for this week is Who Wants to Live Forever by Queen. The song was written for the 1986 movie Highlander. This song is featured in one of the saddest montages ever, and more recently a hilarious Rick and Morty sketch. An immortal man watching his wife slowly shed her mortal coil while he remains the same. It's a fantastically, fantastically bad action flick that everyone should watch, mostly because Clancy Brown is terrific villain, 
and Sean Connery does the worst Spanish accents ever. So I haven't seen The Highlander since I was much younger. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I remember loving it, and I rem- I've always loved this song. And it's I, it was, we haven't done like any like a lot of Queen on this show. Maybe one or two songs on a playlist, and that's almost a crime. Yeah. So I'm glad Louis picked this. It needed to be done. Um, ben said if Louis didn't pick it, he was going to. So yeah, it was a uh, it was much needed for sure. It's always interesting to get Queen songs that aren't a part of like albums mm-hmm. like this is i think the one the link that louie picked for spotify it's on like their greatest hits yeah. but unless a lot of these songs are that way like unless you've seen that movie you really aren't familiar with the yeah. song and i think that's that's really cool because i felt like i knew queen quite a bit and i'd never heard this song yeah so. i mean it's kind of goes back to what we we're talking about in uh january with the beatles there's a lot of those just things that were released as singles that i had re- hadn't re- discovered until recently just because i didn't know they existed because they weren't on albums i grew up listening to the albums so yeah so uh it was a great contribution and uh as always louis knocks it out of the park uh i honestly thought i confused his pick with yours i thought you picked queen and uh he picked tenacious d oh no um but yeah we'll get into that later yeah no i needed tenacious d needed to be on there i was so mad when i didn't even think of pick a destiny because i mean i fucking love that movie and that and that fucking band so yeah um, I don't know how to look up the uh, the pinned things. So. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'll pull them up. So you read Ben's email, and I'll pull up the the Discord. Shit. I think his is on Discord, but he's got he he sent an email earlier. Oh, did he? Yep. Okay. We're so, we're really prepared, guys. So I just assumed it was all on Discord. Um. So Benny Boy says Titans go Hollywood. His pick was Durezd by Daft Punk and Avicii. Uh, from Tron Legacy Reconfigured. Um, well, hell, boys, it's simply been too long since I've picked an EDM track. Uh, so since I've always been in love with the fact that Daft Punk scored the entirety of the Tron reboot, that seemed like a good place to start for me with this playlist. My submission is derezzed by Daft Punk remixed with Avicii. My guy basically just turned the elements from the original into a true Avicii slapper, but I think the remix album for the Tron OST still fits the theme. I'm just as giddy as a schoolgirl when I look at the <laughs> track list to this album and see Daft Punk side by side with Avicii, not to mention others like Cascade, Paul Oakenfield, Oakenfold, and Pretty Lights. Yeah. See y'all on the digital frontier, Benji, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And I I would have never guessed that Daft Punk made a song with Avicii. It's another one of those like the more you know. Yeah, I mean it's I remember me, Ben, and our friend Molly went to go see this just because Daft Punk was in it. And it ended up being a pretty cool experience. Like, the movie was cool in theaters. It was, like, semi-3D, I guess. But Daft Punk made an appearance in the movie as, like, DJs in a club. And we're like, fuck yes. We, you know, we waited, like, an hour for them to show up. and like, fuck yeah, all right, cool. We did it. <laughs> yeah. And leave it to Daft Punk to make such a small cameo. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, there's just them up in a DJ booth and they look at each other and they like nod. Mm-hmm. So it's it was it's pretty cool, man. Um I, I love this album, I love this pick, and it's Daft Punk. And my but there's the Daft Punk rule. Everything's cooler with Daft Punk, so mm-hmm. our playlist is automatically cooler now. Um so next we'll get into uh Sammy's pick. So Sammy's on our Discord. Uh, we've been talking to her um about music and all that good shit. She's got really cool opinions on music and Picked probably 
one of my favorite songs on the playlist this week. Uh, so she picked uh, Fever Dog by Stillwater from Almost Famous. So uh, her comments are Fever Dog by Stillwater. The song still slaps. It's crazy that it was made for the movie. It sounds legit for the time period. I still love blasting this in the car, pretending I'm a Band-Aid. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. And I, it, when I was listening to it, I was like, I know I've fucking heard this somewhere. And the drums are so reminiscent of when the levee breaks from Led Zeppelin. And so are the vocals, too. I mean, it, that's not on accident. Like, it would, that, that had to have been a love love song to when the levee breaks. Because that's my favorite Led Zeppelin song. So, yeah, it was just really cool to hear hear that. So Yeah, it, it's like a, a 90s band a 90s band's take on Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And uh, it's a it's a really cool song. I'd never heard it before. So, you know, that's the third song in a row that I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a testament to our audience submissions. Um, it was a great pick. And I think this was from like 1994. So it could be lost in obscurity, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know how many people, like how many people younger than us really know about that movie even because it was i'd never heard of it really you've never seen you've never seen it it's Mm -mm. good it's good i watched it again the other day just because i hadn't seen it forever so yeah uh, there was a lot of movies i watched this week just because of our picks (laughs) so it's it's on my list for sure um my wife zoe says the moon song by karen o which is uh from the movie her Uh, i think it's just her way of being able to talk about the the movie her (laughs) uh she's a huge fan and i think the song plays at the end credits uh horror is really a heartbreaking movie and those are kind of her favorite like she likes um kind of like the the gritty sad takes on rom-coms so mm-hmm. um i think this is one of her like recommendations she's uh she's definitely a um a big advocate of the of the movie her and she she's really tried to push me to watch it yeah. which makes me not want to watch yeah, it exactly so <laughs> i totally i totally get your perspective yep. um but i'm sure i'll end up watching it at some point um I think almost famous her and um, what's that movie you got with David Bowie later on? Oh, Labyrinth. I know like Zoe loves that too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you got to watch that, dude. I've got a, a big list this week to watch. <laughs> um, and then we have one late submission this morning from Chad, who, oh, joined, yep. who joined our Discord a couple of days ago, Ben's best bud. Um, so he submit the Jurassic Park main theme, and that's it's iconic. So Chad had to say. I saw Jurassic Park when I was six in theaters. One of the first movies I ever saw in a theater, and it kicked off a lifetime of loving movies and TV shows. The theme song is perfect for the joy I experienced at the movies. It still brings me back to that sense of wonderment. And I think I still, to this, I I will firmly, I honestly think Jurassic Park might be the best movie from the 90s. It's just, it's perfect in every way. Like, it's perfectly paced. The soundtrack's incredible. Like, the visual effects still hold up really well. Even, like, the the little bit of CGI they did use still looks really good. Um, it's just, it's a fucking great movie, man. Every time it was on TV, I would stop and watch it no matter where it was at. Cause it's just, it's that good. It, yeah. Yeah. Even the weird Jeff Goldblum parts yeah. are, are enjoyable because it feels like what's a nineties movie without a random celebrity actor in mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, it, I love this song because a lot, a lot, very similar to a lot of the songs we've, we've picked, uh, with our picks is like this evokes emotion because it reminds you of the first time you saw the movie mm-hmm. and just like it's synonymous with the part of the movie that you hear it in. Yeah. Um, which kind of seamlessly transitions to your first pick. Yeah, it does actually. Um, I don't, I don't, did John Williams do Jurassic park? I'm not sure. Uh, I'll have I, it, to look it up. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. He did everything in the nineties. So, 
Um, yeah, he it was John yes, Williams. Yes, he did. He didn't. He was him and Hans Zimmer are the only two guys making shit <laughs> for for movies. It seems. So yeah, my first pick is Duel of the Fates by John Williams. Uh, so hot take: this is by far the best OST in the Star Wars catalog. Uh, not so hot take: this fight scene is the only reason to watch Episode One. I recently rewatched it re- um, just to see because I love this fucking piece of music. It's it's incredible. I was like, surely the the prequels aren't as bad as I remember them being, and they're they're still really bad. <laughs> they're almost worse now because the visual effects don't look as good anymore. And but this this scene, like the last fifteen minutes of Episode One, are fucking incredible. It's 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 really it's one of the best fight scenes I think I've ever seen. Um, I mean, Darth Maul goes out like a bitch, but this song is a big reason why that fight scene is so cool. And I really like. Hans Zimmer is a master at making film music. He's 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 like the golden standard, and the the analogy I make is like he is he is the Superman to Hans Zimmer's Deadpool. Like Hans Zimmer does really weird shit. Uh, I know two different comic universes, whatever. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it's just like I don't know, man. The end of it, especially when it gets really like staccato and like. It's just so fucking good. I love this mu- this song so much, and I really I didn't I forgot to look. I kept meaning to look to see if there's a metal cover of this because this is just a metal song. The way it's played, like that dun 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 dun. Like I I could hear like a heavy metal band playing that and like remaking this song. And I, I if there's not one, please somebody make one because it would be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, this this song is synonymous with that like fight scene mm-hmm. and i didn't grow up with like seeing star wars in theaters until attack of the clones yeah uh, sure i think we're all just a little too young to have been able to witness a lot of that stuff in theaters so to get episode one in theaters and i remember like the hair on the back of my neck stood up when that music plays and you see darth maul mm-hmm. and like as soon as it starts you're like oh fuck like something momentous is about to happen I'm, i mean everybody fucking remembers the moment when he when Darth Maul first opens up his lightsaber and you're like, oh shit. And then it, it comes out the other end. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. You didn't even know double-sided lightsabers yeah. existed. Like it, it was mind blowing. And, um, I've, as hard of a time as we and the universe gives episode one, that scene is iconic for yeah. that music and for the, everything that happens in that scene. Uh, and gave us such a great villain in Darth Maul. Yeah. Went out Cause like I think bitch. that was, the first time we saw him, yeah, he's he was he's on screen for like twenty minutes in that movie, and he's one of the coolest villains I think in 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 recent cinema history. He's lived in our head ever since, yeah. and I mean they've they've brought him back in like the extended universe stuff, but I don't know, he's just super fucking cool. I much like the all the Disney stuff, I could not give a fuck about what's going on with Disney or Star Wars or the MCU, any of that stuff, like. All that stuff is so saturated yeah. and convoluted that I just don't care. Um, but I do love this movie. Um, the effect, and I think this was like when I was little, it really, the music really affected me. And I think even hearing it now, it, it evokes that same emotion of like, oh shit, like is something coming around the corner? Mm-hmm. It all, it still gives you that feeling. And I, I think that's, that's really cool that music could do that even in a movie that doesn't like the music doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, being able to like evoke that emotion is really cool. Yeah, for sure. And that tension. Yeah, like, there's so much tension. It like it builds and ebbs and flows so well. It's it it, it matches like 
the tone of the fight scene perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you think like Qui Gon's done, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's done. Yeah, and then somehow he beats us. <laughs> yeah, cuts him in half. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense, but it still was really cool to watch him like get cut in half and like mm-hmm. kick down that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my first pick. Yes, accidentally in love by Counting Crows from Shrek Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to triple check that this was an OST, um, mostly because I kind of questioned it at first and then i looked it up and i found it and then my wife was like there's no way this song existed before shrek 2 and it did not this song was made for shrek 2 and anyone that's heard this song and watched shrek 2 especially growing up i remember the opening sequence of shrek 2 more than i remember anything else from from the shrek universe (laughs) yeah uh it's when shrek and fiona are like first married and Mm -hmm. like they're just doing weird shit in the in the swamp together and um it really is like etched in my mind of him like making a balloon animal out of that snake, and yeah. then she blows up a, a frog, and they're like walking into the swamp together. Um, yeah, it just weirdly like a couple that you're rooting for. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I think that's the appeal of Shrek for for our generation is like we don't want Cinderella, we don't want two perfect people that found each other. We want people that are kind of imperfect and yeah. kind of weird. And Shrek is so lovable because. He hates himself. Yeah. And, like, the self-loathing is definitely an our generation oh, thing yeah. of, like, a donkey. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he he thought he had no chance with Fiona. And to get an opening sequence of them, like, being together was yeah, so yeah. so cathartic yeah. that you didn't know you needed. Yeah. Um, because Shrek 1 kind of ended with them just, like, ending up together. So to get, like, them in their honeymoon phase was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is... I, I, if there was going to be one song from Shrek, I figured it was going to be All Star, but that's not an OST, so you can't use that. Uh, so, yeah, no, great pick. Uh, so, yeah, it's good to see Shrek get some love on the playlist. I mean, Shrek has become like this weird, like, meme culture icon. I mean, there's been a musical of Shrek, which I've heard is. I know our friend Tara that we used to work with has seen it, and she apparently loved it. I've seen it. Have you really? Yeah. Do you like it? It's weird. <laughs> It's like the Harry Potter musical. You, sure. you didn't, it didn't need to exist, no, but it's, it sure it's fine. But, I mean, that's a testament to the soundtrack that, that you know people thought it was good enough to make a musical out of. Uh, and, like I said, it's been this weird meme culture icon. Like, Tara, who we were just talking about, got me, for Christmas one year, a 3D-printed Shrek Buddha. And it's one of my favorite things that I own. I don't – there was no joke behind it. Tara just thought it would be funny to give me a Shrek Buddha. And, I, yeah, I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still on display. Um but yeah, no. So it's also about time we talk about the Counting Crows on this playlist because our play podcast. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, that's what this thing's called. It's it's a playlist podcast. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, because I don't really like the Counting Crows. No, <laughs> so, this is the most lovable they could possibly be. Yeah, yeah. So, but it makes so much sense that they're on a Shrek soundtrack because there was like the big Pixar DreamWorks wars going on. They're still going on, and it's uh. Again, it's kind of similar to what I was talking about with Hans Zimmer and um, John Williams, where Pixar is like the Nancy Wheeler and DreamWorks is the Argyle. You like you love them both, and you're rooting for them both, but you love them for very different reasons. Like For sure. That's a great analogy. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think of a good one, and I was like, fuck it. I'll just stick with Stranger Things. So, uh, yeah, man, it's um, I love this song. I love Shrek 2, and uh, yeah, great pick. Yeah, I I think the first two Shreks, I don't remember saying the third and the forever, but 
I definitely think the first two are some of the best animated movies we've gotten. Yeah, I think so too. Outside of Pixar. Yeah, because I mean, Dream like Pixar is Disney, so it has to be Disney. Pixar DreamWorks to be a little bit more risque with their jokes, and it feels it feels a little bit more adult. And I think that's why it has become such a meme thing because they were able to make like suggestive jokes and stuff like that. So. I don't know, which is was always more geared towards a young adult audience rather than kids like Pixar is. I mean, I love Pixar movies, uh, but I don't know. The Shrek Shrek just kind of changed the way like uh, CGI kids movies were made. And then that eventually led to Sausage Party, which is a completely one hundred percent adult film film like in the same animation style. I fucking hate that movie too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's where you took like adult humor too far. Yeah. But I think it, it it all comes back to Mike Myers mm-hmm. and just like I think Mike Myers raised me, man. Yeah, Honestly, he's... like Cat in the Hat, Austin <sighs> Powers, Dude. thinking of all the movies he's been in that just like heavily affected my sense of humor. Yeah. Um even Wayne's World, yeah. his love for music and yeah. Wayne's World, like all of it. I I can't say more positive things about Mike Myers. <laughs> and not it sounds like you're almost being sarcastic when you say it, no. but yeah. He seems like a genuinely good dude. Mm-hmm. So, um and he I mean he released movies like three times a year for like five years. He was all over the fucking place. Yeah. Uh, ready to move on? Yeah. All right. My number two pick, my second pick. Uh, Are You That Somebody by Aaliyah from the Dr. Doolittle soundtrack. Um, Dr. Doolittle doesn't deserve this song. No. It absolutely does not deserve this song because it's so fucking good, dude. Even today, like, um, it just it feels like it could get radio play today because it's that fucking good. It. I had to, I honestly didn't believe it. I almost called you like, take that shit off. Like, this is Aaliyah's number one song on Spotify. I would have never guessed where, where does this song belong in Dr. (laughs) Doolittle? It makes no sense. They play it during like the love interest parts of Dr. Doolittle, I think. Um, I always thought it was on The Nutty Professor because there's a big love interest in that. And I never saw it. I used to love the Nutty Professor when I was a kid. So I always just thought, because they came out around the same time. And there's like scenes of Eddie Murphy, like playing like vaguely in the background during the music video. And by the way, Ali in this music video, fucking smoke show. Mm -hmm. She had that like classic nineties look. She's in a sports bra with like baggy parachute pants and the boxer showing. Golly. Just a little tomboy. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta tell you a little anecdote, man. Uh, a guy I work with is um, talking to a girl named Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like the singer? And he's like, just like shook his head. God I was like, shame. what? He's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, dude, you, there, there's a whole generation that just doesn't know yeah. Aaliyah, man. Well, she, was, she didn't make music for that long before she unfortunately passed away. But she's like a cultural icon. Yeah. Like, I mean, it still just seems crazy. Like she's been in the front of my brain forever just <laughs> yeah. because she she's one of those beautiful people that's ever existed there's still t-shirts that just say Aaliyah, Aaliyah and people yeah. buy them Aaliyah all the shirts all the time yeah um so it's, it's just crazy man it's it's gonna become like a like where seeing someone wearing a, a led zeppelin t-shirt yeah and someone like wearing an Aaliyah t-shirt is yeah. gonna be almost the same like yeah do you know who Aaliyah is and you're like no i just just like the tea. I saw it at PacSun. Yeah. I, I fucking hate Crazy. Shit. But anyway, sorry. But yeah, no. So I really wanted to pick something from Queen of the Damned, which is the movie she actually starred in. I think very shortly before she died, uh, Jonathan Davis composed the soundtrack for it. And there's a lot of original sound songs from that. But when I listened to it, I was like, mm-hmm. I can't justify picking any of these over 
maybe one of the most popular songs from the 90s. So, uh, yeah, it's just really good. Everything about this is good. The beat is great. Even the little baby crying, like whining in the background. Like, normally that would bother me, but I fucking love it in this song. Yeah. Uh, it's even the. It actually honestly might even be my favorite part of the song because it makes it stick out. Other than whoever the guy is, that his verse is awesome. It's baby girl. I'm gonna man for the baby. Yeah, it's just so good. Dude. That's that's trending on on TikTok right now. Is it really? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the exact part, but um, she just has like effortless swag. Yeah. And oh, yeah. especially in this song where I, I don't know, like. Even the the little iconic phrase in the song, uh, "Boy, I gotta watch my back because I'm not just anybody." Mm-hmm. I think someone reused that, yeah. and um, I think Drake reused it and like made it popular again. Mm-hmm. But like that's where this that phrase came from, and um, yeah, there's just something about this song that's like it's it, timeless. It's timeless. Uh, it, it's something I'm gonna be excited to hear 20 years from now. Still, yeah. I mean, just um, the, the the opening part with "Boy." I've been watching you. It's just this. It's fucking awesome. She. It feels like she rides. She rides the beat. Yeah. And um, it, it makes the song real sound really cool. And even the little guy that comes in. It's so '90s to like come in and just have your producer come in and have like a little beat. It's almost like Jermaine Dupri coming yeah, in. Yeah. He's or like something. not even credited in the song. Like, yeah. Like anywhere I've seen. Anyway, I'm sure it's somebody. I just don't know who it is. Um, yeah. No. I love. I love this track, and I always have, and I always will. So blew my mind to know that that was on Dr. I, I double I double and triple checked it too because I was like I really think it is but I need to make sure and I looked multiple places and it's only listed on the Dr. Doolittle soundtrack wild yeah wild um my second pick The Power of Love by mm-hmm. Huey Lewis and the News yeah um it's weird that we're talking about Huey Lewis twice in one year <laughs> it's your favorite <laughs> band dude but the- <laughs> <laughs> uh I think it's because I recently watched uh, American Psycho Mm -hmm. and his whole thing about uh, uh, Huey Lewis in the news is very similar to how we talk about music. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. But this, uh, the power level was written for back to the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's another iconic intro that kind of sets the tone for the movie. So accidentally in love set a really good tone for Shrek Two. Uh, where they go and meet Fiona's parents and all that stuff. But this sets a tone for like a really good action flick. Mm-hmm. Um, when Marty's like, shit, I'm late. Yeah. And then he hops on a skateboard and this song starts playing. It's like instant serotonin, man. Like that, that just makes me so happy. And it makes me like geared up to watch the entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to watch one, two, and three back to back to back. Um, I just love the way he like hops on a skateboard and is like riding a car and then hooks hooks onto a truck and gets to school and yeah, like you get the classic you get the classic crane shot as he arrives at his day. Yeah, it's just it's classic eighties filmmaking. Yes. It, it's beautiful. And um it just instantly thrusts you into this world. Um and I always I think for every song I picked, I kinda went on like why the movie and the music kind of affected me. And I think Back to the Future does what how i met your mother does really well mm-hmm. and it tells this fantastical story about the past and the present but in the end you learn to appreciate the present and um i think that's what i like about watching back to the future every couple of years watching the entire trilogy is that like marty going back to the 50s and then forward to the 2010s when he makes it back to the present he's so appreciative mm-hmm. of what he has in that moment uh, and it's kind of similar to how i met your mother they're talking about the past which is actually our present 
So it's like looking at it from just a different lens, which I always thought was really cool, was like you're looking at your present in a future tense and the past tense. And that's like it's making you like think about how you're going to be able to explain these moments or like your friends or how things came to be Mm. um, someday. And I think um, that song really sets the tone for a really complicated story like that. Yeah. Just so like uplifting and happy. And I don't know. I, I really love back to the future. It's yeah. one of my favorite yeah, trilogies say, of all time. I, I know it's one of your favorite things of all time. Mm-hmm. So like I, my first note is if I could have predicted one song from you, it would have been this song for sure. I mean, shit, Biff Tannen is right above. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 man. it's, uh, it, it's, it, I think, I think the first back to the future is actually secretly a love song to, to music. I mean, if you think about how much good music in that it, it is in that movie, I mean, one of the, the most memorable scenes is, you know, I think I got that sound you've been looking for. And it's like, they, it's just a, a, a very well veiled song, like love song to music. Like the, the director of this movie loved music for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not just a tale about, traveling back and almost having sex with your mother (laughs) dangerously close yeah dangerously close but this song is it's just if i knew nothing about the 80s or if i had never heard a song from the 80s i would know instantly this was from the 80s every single bit of this song sounds and feels like the 80s like the cheesy synth the guitars uh the way it's sung the the drums it's just the most 80s track ever and it's so appropriate that it's on one of the most maybe if not the most iconic movie franchise from the 80s i mean got indiana jones to compete with star wars was ran into the 80s as well but i mean this is certainly top three most iconic film franchises franchises from that that decade it, yeah it's it's definitely the most informative and yeah. like what we thought the future was going to be what the 80s actually was it was very telling for a movie that was about the past and and future yeah i mean the 80s were just such a cool decade man it was like america's second golden age really i mean everybody like wealth had never been higher like we were influencing the world like never before like that's when like our pop culture stuff became just, just everywhere like mcdonald's was everywhere um all of our brands were everywhere and that there's a lot of a lot of has to come with like the prosperity we saw in the 80s and into the 90s it's just that we were just in this golden age of uh culture Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, we're still seeing the after effects of that now. I mean, you can't go anywhere without seeing a Nike swoosh or, you know, um, McDonald's logo, Starbucks. It's like American culture infected the world in the 80s and 90s. So, yeah, just really, really cool, man. Uh, ready to move on? Yeah. All right, number three Magic Dance by David Bowie from the Labyrinth soundtrack. Um, I grew up with Labyrinth. My parents were in a bowling league when I was younger, so they would drop us off at the nursery in this smoky-ass bowling alley. And so that's why I love the smell of secondhand smoke to this day because I have a lot of good memories of just watching Labyrinth in that bowling alley, like, (laughs) nursery. That's such a fucking cool story. Yeah. it's That's so 90s. It was on every Thursday whenever or whatever they had their league night, and they would drop us off in, like, this little daycare thing. And me and my brother would grow up watching Labyrinth. And I loved it, man. It was just – for the longest time, I thought I was the only person who knew what Labyrinth was because none of my friends ever talked about it. But I found out, like, Zoe loves it and um, my best buddy Adam, his wife, loves it. And so it's cool to know that other people experience this fucking weird 
crazy movie featuring Jim Henson puppets and David Bowie as the main bad guy. And Jennifer Connelly is like 15 in this movie. It's like her first big appearance. And like David Bowie's like trying to sleep with her the whole movie. <laughs> so or not like just trying to get her to be his, the goblin queen with him. So you life know. imitates art. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's just this song is from one of my p- favorite parts in the movie too. Cause Jareth in the movie, he's not like a truly evil villain. He's just kind of like, I don't know. He's not, he's not like menacing evil. He's just kind of like, I'm a goblin King. This is what I do. Like mm-hmm. I kidnap your baby brother and force you to come find him. And if you can't find him in this labyrinth in like 12 hours, like you have to marry me. <laughs> it's just what goblin Kings do, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, it, but we get like a like a sillier side of the Goblin King where he's hanging out with all of his little cronies and he starts they're like kind of having a, like just hanging out and having a good time and Bowie starts singing this song and he starts kicking the puppets and but like having fun with them too. It's like a rowdy party. It's like evil people can have fun too. Yeah. They're not all menacing all the time. It's just it's just a really kind of goofy but not like cheesy goofy part of the movie that i always really loved and this song fucking kicks ass it's i think it's one of the more accessible bowie tracks that i've ever listened to so like if anybody's trying to get into bowie like i would 100 percent recommend try this first so i, I don't like this song. no no yeah i really i <laughs> and i, I it, it's probably my fault because i've gone like and down the rabbit hole of like celebrities that are kind of um perverts sure. and David Bowie comes up and then Zoe tells me like, Oh yeah, he's a goblin King and he's trying to marry a 15 year old. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, like, and you want me to watch this movie? (laughs) It's a good, it's a good movie. I I know. And I'll, I'll end up watching it. I'll probably love Bluto dude. Bluto's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure I'll love it, but, um, it was just a bad week for me to be listening to Bowie. Uh, so I, I'll, Give me like two weeks and I'll probably be dance uh, magic dance. <laughs> that didn't get you. It, it's catchy, <laughs> but there are, there are elements that kind of date it. And it, yeah, sure. Uh, but I, I still, I had fun listening to it. I just like, couldn't really, yeah, uh, couldn't separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Sure. And you know, yeah, whatever. That's fine. I don't have a whole lot to say about your next song either. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, let me gush. Yeah, sure. Uh, my third pick is that thing you do by the, the wonders or the O'Neaters, depending mm-hmm. on who you're asking. Have you ever seen this movie? Nope. Dude. Dude. I know I've got a lot of homework for myself, but this is your homework. Okay. I'll pay for it. <laughs> I don't know if there, it's on a streaming uh, service right now, but that thing you do is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, if I have seen it, I was very young. Um, and th- 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 it's funny you say that because that's kind of how I got introduced to it was my aunt and my grandpa both love like musicals and music movies. And this was such a great, introduction as a kid i remember dalton and i used to borrow the vcr of this movie just so that we could listen to this song Mm -hmm. and the song is plastered throughout the entire movie um and it's kind of cool showing the evolution of the song because it's originally like a love ballad uh and the movie's based in the 60s so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a slow love ballad and then the drummer becomes part of the band and he adds his own element to the song and kind of speeds it up and I always thought that was really cool to be able to write a song that can work as a ballad and then upbeat. Yeah. Um, it's written by Adam Schlesinger, who uh, unfortunately passed because of COVID. Um, but he wrote the iconic Just the Girl by the Click Five, um, which was huge for me in seventh grade. 
I tell Zoe all the time. That's why I love girls that are mean to me. That's um, awesome. And he's also the lead singer of Fountains of Wayne and yeah. wrote the mega hit Stacy's Mom. Yeah. So huge guy, huge artist, and such a great talent to write such a iconic song for a movie. Um, yeah, that. I, it doesn't make sense if you don't watch the movie, but you really need to watch the movie because <laughs> okay. it's so good. And I think Tom, Tom Hanks is in it. Yeah. Tom Hanks wrote it and directed it, and was one of the like record executives in the yeah. movie. Um, but yeah, it's one of my top ten favorite songs of all time. Yeah, in terms of like just replay quality. Yeah, it, and I think it's because it kind of sounds like a Beach Boys song, mm-hmm. but like not as corny. Yeah, like sure. or even early Beatles, but just not as corny. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I have a lot of the same things to say about it. Like I said, I've not seen the movie, so I don't... And I saw your notes on it, and I was like, oh, man. He's going to gush, so I'll let him gush, so I'm not yeah. going to say a whole lot about it. Um, but yeah, no, man, it's uh, it's good. <laughs> it sounds like you're, you're, you know, pretty average. Not average, but it's your normal kind of thing you would expect from early 60s, late 50s rock and roll. Well, not rock, but like radio rock kind of thing rockabilly for sure yeah sure um so it, it's good i mean it's like you said you hit it right on the head when you said uh beach boys or early beatles because that's exactly what it sounds like it's it's uh yeah it's just good 60s rockabilly i i just i think about sometimes like if if you were an artist and someone came to you and was like hey i need you to write this song that's going to work as a ballad and also as a like an upbeat and it's got to be in the tune of what it sounded like in the 60s. What would be a great one-hit wonder? Yeah. And and then writing like lyrical content to it. Like sure. it's it's got to be incredibly hard. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's writing music in general is hard, but having that many constraints on it for sure. I mean, I'm I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. I've uh, people who are good at music are just good at music, so it's probably not as difficult, but I'm sure I mean, it's 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 cool that it has multiple different, you know, developments within the same movie like i don't have that i didn't have that when i was taking my notes i was mm-hmm. just like yeah this is fine so um i just heard the final version of it so yeah yeah that's all i got so your fourth pick yep ninja rap <laughs> ninja rap <laughs> ninja rap by vanilla ice uh i had to put this on here um i think i had something on here else on there first i always put like six or seven songs in the playlist and i cut them down from there and it was like, I, this one was on the chopping block. I was like, no, I can't. I mean, it's just so incredibly bad for like a movie that was so cool to me. Like, cause I grew up watching the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And to me, that's a masterpiece. That's another perfectly paced film. The action is cool. It's the first time I heard somebody swear. Like when Raf- Raphael, I think he says, damn it twice in the movie. And like when he first loses his sigh in the city, when he gets, uh, attacked or whatever he said damn it and i'm like oh man this is this is cool and i have watched it again recently it's still really fucking good like the first one is and then knowing there was a second one coming out i was like i was fucking shitting myself as a kid so i had to have this on here just because of what the ninja turtles meant to me growing up i was like in the heyday of ninja turtles fever i mean i missed the beginning part of it with like the cartoon show from the 80s but when the live action movies were coming out that was my shit oh dude it was huge yeah I had so many action figures. Well, which uh, turtle were you? I always liked Michelangelo growing up, but I I always felt a gravitational pull towards Raphael because he was he's just the cool dude. Yeah, and like he's again, he was the first time I heard a swear word. 
And so, like, that's always going to stick out in my mind. And Raphael one, is responsible for a lot of soaps in, in kids' mouths. Yeah, sure. yeah. Raph is Raph is the coolest man. I mean, Leonardo obviously he's the leader, but mm-hmm. and Donatello is just a nerd. Nobody likes Donatello. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I always just grab like Mike because he's fun, and then uh, Raph because he's fucking awesome. He's just like he's also the most real character. Like he's also the mo- like the most human as far as like the way he's portrayed. Um. But yeah, the, the second movie isn't as good, and but I do love this scene in the movie where they're like in a club and just for some reason <laughs> Vanilla Ice is there singing a song specifically about these turtles. And as much as you might hate this song, if you didn't get Ninja, Ninja, rap stuck in your head, you don't have a fucking pulse, bud. That, <laughs> the song, <laughs> and I had just watched the entire trilogy of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and... It's on HBO Max if you if you're wanting to watch. Oh, hell yeah, because I need to watch those again. Um, the third one's fucking sucks. Let what's this called? Return of the Ooze. Return let, of the Ooze. Yeah. In principle, this whole entire movie is so stupid. <laughs> and but the, I remember, that ending fight scene with Shredder is pretty cool though. Like, yeah. I think I fell asleep before I got to that part. Oh honestly. boy, yeah. It it's it's a slog to watch. Yeah, it's not great. And I think they have an apartment in Manhattan at mm. one point, and they're not allowed to leave. Uh, it's so stupid, but. I remember watching this part and I was like, if this was anybody else in any other song, this would be a really cool little cameo. <laughs> and I think I even texted you like Ruben Stuttered's cameo in uh, <laughs> Scooby-Doo 2 was better than this. But um, it was it just is, so 90s. It's dude. so 90s. And it's like a, a corny follow up, which that's what the 90s was, was like you put out something good and then guess what? We're going to beat you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And there were so many bad sequels which is a plug to our uh our uh yeah. off the beaten reel yeah. coming out in a few weeks but um yeah i don't i i was gonna shit on this a lot more than i'm than i'm you going can. To. it's a bad it's not good it's, by any means it's, it's fucking so terrible stu- uh i i think one of my notes i'm gonna try and do this without looking but <laughs> i think he is based on j-rock yes from yeah. trailer park boys because <laughs> yeah. they are they have the same like confidence for being like so shitty yeah and I, what was that movie you sent me he's in a movie oh cool as ice dude cool as ice is fucking hilarious dude it's it stars it stars vanilla ice and the whole concept of it is just ludicrous it's just so fucking a girl dates a bad boy yeah well not even that like he Vanilla Ice, so let me give a quick plot synopsis yeah. of Cool as Ice. So Vanilla Ice is just in a biker gang, um, and they're driving through some town, and one of their buddies' bikes breaks down. Um, oh, no, no. So what happens first is Vanilla Ice sees this the, the love interest riding a horse. Like, if he drives alongside her, kind of like Top Gun kind of thing. And uh, so, but he ends up somehow jumping over the fence and knocking this girl off of her horse. <laughs> <laughs> on his motorcycle and that's how the love starts uh, but yeah one of, her buddy, one of his buddies bikes breaks down so he's stuck in that town so he's he's like i'm gonna go pursue this girl because she obviously likes me because i almost killed her and it's just it it it's so, so there's a kidnapping that vanilla ice helps solve because he heard like a construction site in the ransom tape it's fucking insane but it's so good and vanilla ice is so funny throughout the whole thing because he actually he puts on like a fairly convincing acting performance because he he really does think he's the shit he is so close to being steven seagal it's insane (laughs) yeah kind of i mean now he's like he's kind of you see him now he's he's not in rough shape but like 
you can definitely tell he lived a rough, like younger, younger days. And yeah. he's kind of a cool dude now in interviews, but he's like, yeah, I mean, that shit was dumb, <laughs> but I, we need to watch cool as ice. It's so goddamn funny, dude. It's fucking amazing. It's gotta be better than this ninja rap shit. I had to no, listen yeah, to. For sure. Um, so track number four for me, I am a man of constant sorrow by the soggy bottom boys from the hit movie. Oh brother, where art thou? Mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts first before I, I get into mine. Sure. So I have PTSD from this song because this was my alarm song for a long time. So whenever I hear that first opening bit, like my brain gets like a buzzing and I'm like, oh shit, I need to be awake. Um, but no, this song fucking kicks ass. It's perfect in every single way. It's perfect bluegrass, mountain music, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was, it was it's been everywhere since this movie came out and I, I just never really left social consciousness completely. Like you hear it every now and again. And every time I hear it, I'm like, this is perfect. Like there's nothing wrong with this song, the way it's sung, the way it sounds, the production quality behind it, uh, the movie that it's attached to. It's just, there's everything about this is perfect bluegrass. And I know I, I'm not looking at my notes, but I know I wrote in my notes just in brackets insert blue, you know, bluegrass rant here. Every time I talk about bluegrass, it's just it's impossible not to be happy listening to it. It doesn't matter what it's about. There's just something about that sound of a banjo and a fiddle and a man doing a warbly voice or a woman. Uh, there's just this massive sense of authenticity to it. And I know the story you're going to tell is going to lend itself to that authenticity and but you feel that because again mountain people they live in relative squalor but they're just fucking they're living life the best way they know how they don't know anything different so why would they be why would they be jealous of people that have tech quote-unquote have more than them they're just they're holler people and they love their holler and and there's there's a certain bit of romance in that and bluegrass captures that mountain spirit so perfect and it just it makes me so fucking happy especially to hear one done this well yeah and it's crazy that this song was as popular as it is because it doesn't feel like it's that accessible it almost feels like wait everyone likes this mm-hmm. this this won a grammy in 2002 that's fucking wild mm-hmm. um yeah i've i've got a ton of stuff about this song um Quick thoughts. I love this song. Yep. I thought it was a cool song ever, especially my dad bought the CD. So it played in our Dodge Durango mm-hmm. from the time the he bought the album until P.O.D. put out a new album. <laughs> um, so uh, I've had so much fun learning about this song this week because I kind of wanted to get like I, I was like, oh, who wrote it? You know, who performed it? Um, this song was humongous in 2000, 2002. Um, it won. 2002 Grammys for Best Compilation Soundtrack, Best Male Country Performance, Best Country Collaboration with Vocals, and it even won Album of the Year in 2002. It's crazy. It beat out Outkast, um, Stankonia? Yeah, Stankonia. It, what? Yeah, dude. This shit was everywhere, man. Like, this came out, I'll never forget it because, like, I was in high school at the time and, like, it was fucking everywhere everywhere everyone was listening to this song everybody was talking about oh brother where art thou and just how good it was and what a you know again i don't want to undersell the movie too the movie's fucking great yeah it's like a hillbilly odyssey yeah um but yeah wild 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 facts this song also has an extensive history 
Uh, it's known as a mountain song that's been passed down for generations, and it was first written down in 1913 by a partially blind fiddler named Dick Burnett. Uh, when they asked Dick Burnett where he came up with the song, he said his daughter helped him write it a little bit, and then um, most of it was stuff he had heard growing up. So this song has been like folklore. It's a mountain song that's yeah. just been passed down, and the fact that someone finally wrote it down to keep it from like just being lost into the universe yeah. is really, really cool. Uh, it was then popularized by the Stanley Brothers in the 1950s, then subsequently by Bob Dylan in the 60s. <laughs> and, fucking dog farts, dude. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. I, I, I'm, used I'm used to it. fucking rancid, But what's, what was interesting is when they did their like uh, 2002 Grammy's performance of the song, mm-hmm. they had the Stanley Brothers intro it. Yeah. So there's like an acapella of two old guys singing. You're like, who is this? That's awesome. And it's just them singing their version because the song kind of you know evolves sure. as, as time goes on but um bob dylan kind of brought it into super popularity in the 60s and it kind of laid dormant until the 2000s when they brought it back for the mm-hmm. movie and i loved how they put it in the movie like it's just them going into a record studio mm-hmm. and they get paid like nothing to like put this <laughs> song on the radio and then it's on the radio forever mm-hmm. um but yeah, it was sang by Dan Taminsky, who also sang Hey Brother by Avicii. Hey, brother. Which is like this dude. <laughs> when he pops his head in, he's just dropping Grammys. Dropping hits, dude. Um, but yeah, it's got to be one of the most like rich in history songs of all time. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love the fact that it has such honest beginnings. And it's always cool to hear like the, uh, the part about Kentucky has been like the... The main throw uh, between the entire the entirety of the song because originally I think um, there was something about like disappointing your mother, mm-hmm. but um, originally from 1913 I think the line was like when I lost my eyesight or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, when I went partially blind, I think is the line. And the next person that listened to that song, they were going to put their adaptation on it. They were like, "Oh shit, I, you know, we can't." I can't really relate to that. So they like, I've been in trouble ever since, which is what made it so accessible for yeah, Oprah the Rock tr- album. Oh, my days that were part of whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. What? Sorry for going on for so no, long. No, dude, that-, that was not even half of what I did for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for Christopher Lee. So you're good, dude. But that, I, yeah, this, I love shit like that. I love going back and digging through songs and like figuring out where they came from. Cause like, like Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah, for for example, it's one of the most covered songs of all time, and I loved I loved Leonard Cohen because I discovered Leonard Cohen through going back and discovering the history of that song. Because Jeff Buckley's version is the best; mm-hmm. it's the right version of that song. But Leonard Cohen's version that he wrote is just it's just as good, just in a different, very Leonard Cohen-y way. Uh, so. Yeah, man, it's just, it's really cool digging back through history. Like I, I loved going back and just listening to just old shit and seeing where it came from. And it's yeah, so it's kind of like looking up the writing credits for uh, Wagon Wheel. Yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> like Darius Rucker, Old Crow Medicine Show, Bob Dylan, and mm-hmm. then it it's a mountain song. Yeah, so it's kind of cool that Bob Dylan kind of yeah, I was gonna say mountain mountain songs back yeah he's if you look back through if there's something's been covered a lot bob dylan probably did it at some point so all along the watchtower it's just like he's done he's been a, i mean he's more influential than i think a lot of people realize especially nowadays mm-hmm. so uh he's not <laughs> my dad always is like 
man, I hate Bob Dylan. He's so whiny. Man, Bob Dylan's fucking great, man. If if anybody actually sits down and listens to a lot of Dylan, like he's really fucking good. He's one. He's maybe the best storyteller of all time, and like. Yeah, like his voice might be a little grating at first, but you come to appreciate it. Like he wasn't trying to be like an you know, a virtuosic vocalist. He was there to tell a story and he does have a decent voice. Mm-hmm. It's just it's different. So people are like it's like him and Tom Petty. It's like Tom Petty's a really good vocalist, it's just he's got a weird voice. So I don't know. You know, whatever. Listen to more Bob Dylan if you don't like him. Yeah. He's good. Uh so my last pick. Eye to Eye by uh, Tevin Campbell from the Goofy movie, a.k.a. also Powerline from the Goofy movie. Um, so this this spurned out of um, Sammy, who we talked about earlier. We were like trading songs back and forth at one point, and eventually we started trading Disney songs back and forth. And she played another song from the soundtrack. I was like, fuck, I've had Eye to Eye stuck in my head all week. I got to listen to it now. Because I hadn't listened to it up to that point. So uh, it's just really fucking good dude I, it should it has no business being honestly the goofy movie has no business being as good as it is it's one of the best disney films i think it's top 10 in my book I and mean, that might sound sacrilegious but it's if, if you haven't watched it or you haven't seen it in a while it deals with a lot of really like mature stuff it's like you know when you're a kid you relate to uh i forget the son's name but you relate to his side of the story but now that i'm older i'm like just spend some time Max, with your dad. Max. Yeah, just spend some time with your dad. But he just they like they, they both want to spend time with each other, but they want to do it in very selfish ways. And it's just like it that's like a I mean it's it's real. Mm-hmm. It's real in a way that a lot of other Disney movies aren't because they're based on fairy tales. And this was just like an original story that it's like dealing with real life shit. And I it's so fucking And it's goofy, so like yeah. you just expect it to not be that deep. Yeah, no. It's it, kinda like watching Fox and the Hound the first time. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, it's just you know, Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> a little hound and a fox, and the next thing you know, you're crying. Yeah, uh, yeah. Goofy movie will make you cry if you're not ready for it. Yeah, man. It's. Uh, I think this this song is one of the best Disney songs too. I think it. I really do think it is because it's just everything about it is just so well done. Like that chorus is so fucking catchy. It. I don't. And it's. I don't know. I get stuck in my head because I saw it on a TikTok not too long ago. And I'd... Have you seen the person recreating the dance? Even yeah. With the gloves? Yeah. It's awesome. It. <laughs> yeah. Like the dance is incredible. Like um, it's, it's, it's been in the social consciousness recently because a lot of uh, like the African-American community loves this movie because they're like, this is one of the you know most important movies to our culture. And when you really look back through it, I'm like, yeah, this is highly ripped from African-American culture in the nineties. Like power lines, dance, the style, the music that's in it it's like i i'd never thought about it because i you know i wasn't a young black kid watching this movie but now they're all that they're all growing up and they were the same age so like yeah this is one of the most important movies in like black culture in america for like kids that grew up in the 90s and it's that is really cool too that none of these characters are drawn that way but like the style that they're, they're wearing and like the the ways that they act and uh, it was just really, really cool portrayal of like black culture in the in the '90s, and I, that that also makes this even more powerful to me. It's just the Goofy movie fucking rocks, and this yeah. this song from it also rocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's such a good movie. Um, I think Disney Plus has plays a hand in that too, mm-hmm. like getting the chance to pay a subscription and be able to watch movies from your childhood that if you didn't have them on VHS or on DVD, you watched them. 
Yeah. On what the Disney Channel sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. And, like just having that accessibility to movies from your childhood. Yeah. I think gives you the chance to be able to relive those moments, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking about like when it, even when it first starts up that dun, 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 like, Oh, this is a Disney song. What mm-hmm. the fuck? And then the, when we listen to each other's heart, it's just, it's so catchy. Like it just, it's a fucking earworm and mm-hmm. like it has no business being as good as it is. So this had to be on the list for sure. Yeah. The, there's so many memorable things about the Goofy movie too. Like that, people talk about that pizza, Leaning uh, Tower of Jesus, <laughs> which that guy in it is basically just Argyle. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the girl in it, mm-hmm. so cute. Yep. Um, but yeah, Goofy movie, and I love this song. I think I kind of just piggybacked off everything you said <laughs> while we were going. Sorry. I was gushing. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I I'm with you. That was a great pick, and I part of me was like. You know, is this too? Is this too played out? But I think honestly, it's just us sending TikToks to each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we are on the same side of TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And I, I every time that song comes on and was like watching people dance to it, it makes me want to rewatch. The yeah, movie, dude, so. it's like because the dance fucking kicks ass, mm-hmm. and like this is the song I listened to the most this week because I couldn't get enough of it. So mm-hmm. I, I don't. It's it might feel played out because we've heard a lot of it recently, but it's still fucking good. Uh, up until a year ago, I would have never remembered this song. <laughs> so I appreciate TikTok reminding us. Mm-hmm. And it's it's another one that I'm, I'm probably going to watch tonight. Yeah. I need a good cry. Um, my fifth pick, New Perspective by Panic at the Disco. Uh, it's featured in the movie Jennifer's Body. Have you seen Jennifer's Body? I've not. And now I wrote in my notes, I'm like, this is where I'm going to get ripped apart by the Discord because I'm pretty sure everybody in there has seen it. And I've just never seen it. Uh, up until a few years ago, I hadn't seen it because I think when I saw the preview, I was like, this is going to be like a, a corny movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's trying to just like capitalize on Megan Fox's fame. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a bad movie. It's an awesome movie. Yeah, um, that's what I've heard. It's like a weird vam- vampirical Heathers almost. Mm-hmm. And I think I discovered this song looking through Panic at the Disco's um discography one day on on spotify mm-hmm. and i was like what is this like i don't know this song and it's it's in my favorite era of panic yeah it's mine like too right in between like uh pretty odd and what was the other one uh vices and virtues mm-hmm. the, those are two of my favorite panic albums and um i have no problem with like solo artist panic that mm-hmm. that we have nowadays but like it was almost like beatles-esque panic which i really enjoyed and jennifer's body is such a great movie has so many um like i think 20 years from now it's going to be really fun to look back at that movie because there's a lot of emo culture there's a lot of music culture from like uh when i was in high school and i don't know like it's it's a great movie and for this being an ost it's kind of weirdly placed Mm -hmm. it's like very like maybe 10 15 seconds of this song is put in there and it's like while they're getting ready for prom. Yeah. So I'm not sure why the song was written for this movie, but it may have been one of those things where they had a song and they wanted panic on the album. And yeah. They're like, well, we're not using this on the album. Just use it for the movie. It might've been that. Yeah. But it, nonetheless, if you haven't seen Jennifer's body, it's, it's an amazing movie and it's like super female empowerment. Uh, a lot of girls love it for like the feminist feminist movement because she is kind of a man eater in the mm-hmm. movie, so uh, yeah, 
Love it. Yeah. No, I uh, like I like you were saying. Like this is. I panic is one of those bands I skipped over when they first came out. Cause I was again, it was at a time in my life where I was really just really getting to the heaviest metal I possibly could. And so bands like panic where I'm like, I don't want to listen to these little sissy boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I realize how dumb that is now. Cause I, I don't know. It was like five, five, six years ago. Now I heard death of a bachelor and I fucking fell in love with it. And I love, I've loved Brendan Urie's voice ever since then. So I went back through the catalog and I fell in love with Panic. And it's cool to see how different his voice is now versus when it was on their first album. Like he's just so much better of a vocalist now, which is weird to say because he's, he's one of the best vocalists out there. But he's just matured over time. And this was like the coolest part of that maturity, I think. So where he was like trying to figure it out, but he hadn't become like super into himself yet. Um, which I don't know. I, like you said, I like the, like the solo stuff that they're doing now too. It still sounds awesome. Um, but I just love his voice so much. It's got a, such an interesting tone to it. And so anytime I can listen to anything with Brendan Urie in it, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. it. Yeah. It's almost like you feel like you're part of a play at, yeah. at, at a certain point. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got a very show toony voice and I mm-hmm. think that's why I like it. Yeah. Yeah. At, at any point, like you're just going to break out into song. Yeah. And that's probably why he's been on Broadway and stuff. So yeah, that's why. I mean, that's why I like Death of the Bachelor so much because it is. It feels very much like a show tune. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's our picks. That's our picks. Um, let's get into songs of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you go first. Sure. So mine. Um, again, we were talking about songs we left off on the Discord. Um, and I don't know. I don't remember who mentioned Pick a Destiny. It was probably Louis. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, fuck, how did I not think of Pick of Destiny? Like, one of my favorite joke bands of all time, and one of the, you know, I love Pick of, and it's not one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's a good movie, and because it's just funny, and there's a ton of, it's like, a, it's a, again, it's a love song to music, and music that I love. I mm-hmm. mean, I, Dio's in it, Meatloaf is in it, um, Dave Grohl is in it as the devil. Uh, there's just, all of the stuff that I love in music, they, it's like, that's why I love Tenacious D so much too, because they just, they love music too. They're fans of music. Like I shared the video of the, the who mega mix that they just released on YouTube like three days ago. It's fucking awesome. Uh, and you know, they both have really good, like Kyle gas is a classically trained guitarist and Jack black has one of the coolest vocal. Like he's just effortlessly able to do really complicated runs and he has got a nice he's got a beautiful rich tone to his voice for such a goofy dude like yeah. he can fucking sing dude this song is a reminder that like he can sing mm-hmm. and outside of the goofiness i kind of want a rock opera from him yeah i would love that dude. i would love if him and dave Grohl wrote a rock opera mm-hmm. together because in this song their push and pull is amazing mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's great dude it's fucking it's so funny too. Like I, f- I always forget how much I am a twelve-year-old boy until I listen to Tenacious D sometimes. Because mm-hmm. when he's talking, like he's trying to pump uh, Kyle up to like play the song to like respond, he's like, "You're gonna goggle mayonnaise." Like talked. <laughs> he bet Kyle going to hell to be his the devil's love slave. Um, that's a whole running joke in Tenacious D, where like Jack Black is a terrible friend to Kyle Gas, but like. <laughs> <laughs> or to cage and jables um it's just it, there's so many funny little parts in this song but it's wrapped up in this fucking kick ass uh devil went down to georgia parody yes. uh 
I don't know, man. I just love Tenacious D, and this is my favorite song from that album slash movie. So, yeah, I loved it. I I had so much fun listening to mm-hmm. it. Um, it definitely felt like the most like included in a movie. Yeah, maybe la- well, yeah, because I mean, it, song, but yeah, there's like actual just like straight up dialogue parts in the mm-hmm. <laughs> in the song. So, yeah, so I think it was good to like make it your song of the show rather mm-hmm. than as a pick. Yeah. Um, my song of the show is Where Are You Now featuring Girl House by The Rex. Um, this is going to be a deep cut for our OG listeners. Um, we talked about The Rex EP. I mean. Probably about a year ago. Maybe, maybe no, it was longer in the fall. Than it came out in November 2022. And I think it was one of our episodes we did in like February mm-hmm. when I went on vacation last time. So it's been a while since we talked about it. Um but I'll include it in the show notes because uh, there's a, I think we kind of talk about it like there's kind of a through line of about this breakup and how it's kind of just minorly inconvenient to him, and uh, this song is like a reminder that he's still not over it. Yeah, and I love it. Definitely not over it, dude. I mean, you think he feels worse about it now than he did with what? Uh, what's the song title? Hope uh, you're doing good in New York or something like that. I hope it's cold in New York. Yeah, I hope it's cold in New York, which is so funny to me. <laughs> like, yeah, God, I fucking love that song. Yeah, uh, it's it's really a a, a dynamic song, mm-hmm. and the way he sings the chorus, it's like it just like gets put into my spine, and I can't <laughs> yeah. get rid of it. It's it's so cool. Um, I don't know, just go listen to it. And there's a little part from Girl House, yeah. which was a really cool addition because you kind of get the girl's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, and it's like she's doing like where he said, "I hope it's cold in New York." Now she's she's doing just fine but you know she's still thinking about the mess she left behind with this with this other guy but she's like yeah i'm I'm probably gonna take his last name you know we were 19 was it worth it and it's like i don't know man it's it's just really fucking cool i was i got obsessed i listened to this song like i ran it back like five times after you sent it i was like there's so much cool shit in this song and i think i I think i was talking to you about it this morning where i was like i think it's because i know it's a sequel to a a song i also really liked that that's why I became obsessed with it. And I started breaking it down. I've looked at more lyrics today than I've looked at in two years of a podcast. Um, between did, did I influence you on, on looking up more lyrics? I mean, maybe, I mean, I used to do it all the time, but then I was like, you know what? This is, I just like music for music a lot of the times. Um, and I felt like I was forcing notes sometimes. So I'm just not I'm like, fuck it. I'm just, I like music for music. So, yeah. And if the lyrics stand out, then they stand out. Um, fuck who's the guy mason introduced this to that i've listened to the full album three times today uh steve lacy steve lacy um i've been up i've I've legitimately listened to that full album three times a day and i've just been like in pounding the lyrics into my head because it's so fucking good so um we're definitely going to do that album at some point it's it's i'm obsessed with it dude yeah maybe we'll do that next week we haven't really talked about what we're doing next week, so yeah. maybe we can get me, you, and Mason to yeah. see if Mason's do down. I think we had another playlist knocking around too, but yeah, I would love to do that because I'm fucking, I'm balls deep in that album right now. Yeah, I listened to it a couple times this afternoon, and mm-hmm. I was really pumped on it too. So it's just really unique. Mm-hmm. I, it just is, I don't know. It's I think you said it reminded you of Young Cuddy, and I think that's a really good comp. Mm-hmm. Um, just different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, that's our Academy Award playlist. Yeah. Hope you liked it. Yeah. First Thanks. time in the studio in a long time. It felt good. Yeah. I feel like our it's I don't hate our Google Meet shows, but 
there's a little bit of a delay in our banter sometimes. And uh, it's always just more fun to be sitting three feet from you and having, you know, real time banter rather than waiting for a sound delay over. No, what? Yeah. What, 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 oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I also say I'm a lot more on uh, Zoom calls because I just feel like. There's just so many more distractions. Yeah, exactly. There's so many more distractions. Like, I haven't even really looked at my notes for the past 15 minutes just because I knew what I was going to say. And mm-hmm. I, when we're on the calls, I'm like, I'm constantly looking at my phone or I'm eating food or getting getting pissed <laughs> at Dairy Queen for fucking up my order. I'm still mad at that. Yeah. Because I had to retell that story a couple times this week. It's it's uh, it's rough. We actually ordered food from DoorDash. And they canceled <laughs> yeah, that's the order, right. So. Uh, DoorDash, you're on our shit list. Yeah, that's, I mean, fucking bullshit, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, we'll let you guys know on the internet what we plan on doing. Uh, join our Discord. Yes, please. We did get a, a new list or a new uh, member this week, so mm-hmm. uh, we're shooting for another one next week. Let's, yep. let's uh, keep that going. Um, check out our Twitter, at OffCliff. Uh, sometime in the next week or two, I'm probably going to bring back Twitter. Yeah. Um, I have, I have, I'm gonna, not going to lie to you. I haven't done anything on Twitter since you've taken a break. That's okay. <laughs> so That's all right. You're going to have to build that rapport back up. <laughs> That's all right. I'm also posting late on Instagram every week. So Shh, Who cares? I mean, There's I, no rules. I do. <laughs> uh, we, yeah. we built this podcast on two things, Dylan. It was we give a shit about it, and we post on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> I've been posting on Tuesdays. Yeah, but the episodes post. That's all that matters. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Uh, but yeah, check out our Instagram at Off the Beaten Clef. Uh, we love emails, uh, yeah. offthebeatenclef at gmail.com. Um, we would love, I don't think we're going to check the Gmail much on our month off. So no, if you, you want to send us some things, um, we can do like grab grab bag. We can read some stuff when we get back. Uh, we'd love some feedback on our, our movies that we got coming up. And uh, let us know if you guys have any ideas uh, before our next episode. Yeah, I'm really pumped to just take a mute month off and just listen to what I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I've been in a good mood the last couple of days because, like, this was such an easy playlist to throw together. I already knew a lot of what I was going to say. So I'm like, all right, cool. I don't really need to listen to it a whole lot to know what I'm going to say. So I'm just going to fucking dive into some shit that I like. And it's been awesome. Like, I've just been in such a good mood the last couple of days because I've been listening to my own. Yeah. And not that it's like... I don't listen to my own music anyway, but it's like, you know, I'm listening to certain things for a podcast and I get in the mode of like, I need to take notes. And it's like, sometimes it's nice to just not do that Mm -hmm. and like, listen to your own shit. I know you, you're really good at it. I'm not as good at it. I just, I really feel like I need to focus on it. So it's not a shitty product come Monday. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, f- I feel like for me personally, like if I listen to our playlist too much, mm-hmm. then I start getting aggravated. Yeah, with it. exactly. Um, so it's always I always have like a ton of other things I'm listening to. And that's why I like Song of the Show is so hard, because yeah. like I'm almost worn out by a song by the time I get to talk about it <laughs> yeah. at the end of the week. So, yeah, cool. it's it's interesting. We're still learning each other and music yeah i know it's i mean i don't think we'll ever stop yeah i mean there's we'll never ever even come close to listening to all the music in the world so yeah but thanks for listening guys we'll see you next week bye